Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening and welcome to Tripping on Legends live. Um, my name is Christopher Balzano and uh, <laughs> I got a little bit of a late start because it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, well, if you know the show, you know nine minutes for our live show is not a late start. This is kind of uh, par for the course. Um, but I had a very interesting incident um, just happened to me. Um, as I was preparing to go live, um, which I'll share with you to start right out. Um, <clears throat> well, first of all, I should probably say that this is a little bit of spoilers. If you came in um, because you saw the promotion and you were looking to talk about Goatman tonight, Goatman will not be featured tonight. Um, and there are several reasons for this. The first is, is that, um, Bunny Man is huge. Uh, the story of Bunny Man and the Bunny Man Bridge is uh, too big to be covered with something else. When I originally posted this, I thought like, oh, okay, like there will be, like we'll do Bunny Man, Goat Man, animals, bridges. It'll fit totally in with what we're currently working on, uh, Tripping on Legends. Um, and then when I got into them, they were both too big of a story to tell and they're really not all that connected in terms of um, theme and things like that. Bunny Man Bridge is its own beast. Goat Man is really the story of, of, of racism and, and fear, and, and, and it's, it's, it's kind of its own thing. And so I figured, you know what? They'll both be, get their own separate shows at different times so we don't kind of cross the streams of what's going on with these two legends. Because whereas they seem, when you first hear them to be connected – they're not really connected all that much, except for in some of the elements of the story. So I wanted to separate them that way. Um, the other is, is that because of various things that have happened, I feel like I didn't have uh, enough research on Goatman to do it well, right? So when people come in here for an episode that is part of the famous cases, they hope that they'll get an introduction to the legend and, and some kind of handle on it and analysis and I got no pun intended or, or pun intended. Um, I got so caught up in the rabbit hole that is Bunny Man that I didn't do as much work on the Goatman part. And so I figured push that to the side. Um, the other reason is, is that um, while I am gearing up next week, we actually already have it recorded, the episode about the Amish Bridge there was still a legend trip that was done that I hadn't got an opportunity to talk about. And there was not enough uh, follow-up and the situation was um, sticky enough, I'll put it that way, that I will, I feel like I couldn't do an entire episode just on what happened when I went to Lady Lake. So I figured I would just cover that at the beginning of this episode, this live episode, and then transition into Bunny Man. So I, those for for anyone who's for anyone who's just catching this on the podcast, you're not going to know any different because it's going to be advertised as just Bunny Man. But for those of you who are coming in expecting, you can you can go away right now, or you can listen to some really cool legends that are, uh, or a really cool legend that is worthy of the time that I'm going to uh, give to it, so that it's not passed over. I'm going to encourage anyone who wants to call in to call in. 
whether you have a variation of the story that you heard or um, something like it, it does fall under the theme of haunted bridges, which is something we've done a lot of on Tribune Legends. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, you can call in at 813-418-6822 if you want to, or you can just post here in the chat room. And if you are not um, currently getting these shows live when they come on and so you don't have the ability to interact, um, please follow us on Facebook, which is Facebook backslash Tripping on Legends. And you can follow this stuff and you can kind of get links to when we actually do the live shows. That way you can interact. And we already see, I see we have a lot of people already kind of in the room and in the watch party for it. So um, hopefully we can get some variations of Bunny Man that other people have heard, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but before I get into that legend, I wanted to talk about Lady Lake. So a few weekends ago, I think it's actually three weekends ago now, I went to the town of Lady Lake to track down the story of a, she, it's, it's a woman in white. It's not really a hitchhiker, although some of the variations later on after the legends have been told um, tell of her trying to get into cars. But as we covered in that episode, you can go back and listen to that episode. I'll put it in the notes. Um, that was kind of after the initial um, sightings and the initial legend kind of grew. Then all of a sudden it became one of those things where every type of roadside legend was being attached to this woman. There were also reports of children, uh, specifically children in the woods screaming for help. And there were reports of a hooded figure, like a cloaked figure that would appear on this road, which didn't interact with people, but which seemed to be, observing what was going on, maybe feeding on what was going on. It kind of fell into kind of like a variation of the shadow people. Um, but more along the lines of the shadow people that were um, part of like dark woods, for example, or connected to puck wedgies in that they seem to be feeding, they seem to be observing, but they didn't um, interact at all. Right, and they didn't seem to be the cause of the paranormal activity. They instead seemed to be viewers of it. Um, we went down there because, or up there, I should say, because uh, there was the Dade um, reenactment, the Dade massacre reenactment, and I wanted to see that, and I wanted to try to talk to some people about that for this town is myth because it's very much connected to the city, uh, the town of Pemberton Ferry, and kind of that entire area. Um, part of the weirdness and kind of the oddness of that area and definitely part of the history of that area. So I wanted to see the reenactment. So I went up a day early um, and I had a guest tripper that night and we, <laughs> it's supposed to be on rolling acres. And it's funny because I had not seen that it was in weird Florida until today, actually <laughs> today I was going through weird Florida because I was looking for an unconnected, legend and I saw, oh my word, they talk about Rolling Acres in weird Florida. Um, so it's Rolling Acres Road. We traveled that road for about two hours. Nothing happened. Um, we didn't see anything. There was no kind of um, uh, paranormal or even weird spookiness to be said. Um, in addition to that, the legend seemed to be kind of flipped um, because in the legend, they talk about it being on the east side of the road. Now, this is an older legend, um, and you can actually, like I said, you can see the write-up on it uh, on the webpage, but you can also listen to the episode. It's an older legend, or it seems to have been kind of passed down from, and by older, I'm talking maybe 50, 40, 50 years old. Um, and so maybe then the town was different except for the fact they specifically talk about woods and the woods potentially being connected to the Ocala forest, which I, once I got there, I could see that it really wasn't, it was its own woods. The east side of that road is completely commercialized, right? There's no way that there are woods. There's no way that there's a lonely stretch of road. I mean, it is populated with houses it has restaurants, it has industrial uh, things. And so there was one major road um, that kind of split what I considered the east and the west side. 
we focused on the east side for a little bit until we were like, there's nothing here. We went to the west side of the road and we were able to find a much more desolate area. Um, so we stopped the car. We walked that stretch of road. We turned like, so the ritual says um, you're supposed to go to the road. You're supposed to um, put your windows down, turn off the car, be quiet. And you'll start to hear growling from the woods. You'll start to hear the little girl um, crying from the woods and asking for her papa. You're supposed to see the woman walking down the road. All these things are supposed to be done in the ritual of turning your car off. I mean, this is like legend tripping personified, right? You go to it, you turn off everything and you wait, right? Now, <clears throat> if you're a true legend tripper uh, from back in the day, you probably take that opportunity to make out with the person or have sex with the person that you're with. Not the case uh, that night in the car. Um, but maybe that would actually, maybe that would have made something along, who knows? Um, but it was definitely creepy, but it was creepy in that part of it was a dead end road. It was a cutoff road. Um, and there were no cars in that area for a while. Like there was one part of it that no cars went down the stretch of road as we were walking it. The other part was a little bit more busy, but you could definitely see there were woods on both sides. It seemed like a much better candidate um, for that, um, for, for the story to take place in rather than the east side. Um, and it seems as if like, if it was a story, these didn't seem like they were necessarily new businesses, it was new development. Um, so it was one of those things where it was like, oh, is it misidentified? Is there something about the legend that east was important? And so they talked about it being east. Was there a road that used to be there? I did research after it to find out like, when was this road developed? I couldn't really find anything too solid. I've gone over all of the tapes from that night. And if you know Trooping on Legends, we don't um, evaluate evidence, but we do record everything that we do. So I went through everything to see if there was anything unusual, and there wasn't. So I'm not saying uh, that this legend is not true. I'm saying at the date and time at which I was experiencing it, um, there was nothing whatsoever to indicate that this was a story that was real. Um, now, as I was looking through the legend and now with the other information, I started to see that once again, weird Florida seems to have invented the story or at least expose the story and everything that I was getting, everything I was getting before I went into the story seemed to be in the shadow, if you will, of weird Florida. Um, and that there wasn't any reference to anything and I wasn't able to find anything now that I look back that happened before it was published in weird Florida. So once again, I'm not saying that, um, that the book is wrong or the Charleston um, exaggerated a story or made up a story or anything like that. But I do think that maybe it was one or two people who had experienced something which then gets spread. Because as I was asking around as well, and as I've done after the fact, no one's heard of the story. Um, and no one has ever reported it. It's not really on message boards. It's not really. So I get the feeling that Rolling Acres is more something that some people had had shared a story of something weird going on. It had been kind of packaged as this whole big urban legends uh, experience and then kind of put out there and manipulated and probably not actually a haunted story. Um, all the elements of a really good roadside ghost story are in there. So I can get how going down that road at least on the west side of the road, where it's really kind of abandoned, the woods are really kind of thick around you. People can kind of hallucinate, people can exceed things, whatever. Um, the interesting thing was, and I, I actually don't know if this was covered in the weird Florida reports of people seeing it in their house. And I think that was one of those things, because now that I'm looking at it, I don't remember seeing that in weird Florida. That might be something where there is a ghost in that area, it's being seen in houses, People say they saw something, all of a sudden these two ideas become linked together and now it's 
this bigger beast that's going on there. I'm going to post those pictures um, on Tripping on Legends, and I'll do like a little <clears throat> a little post for it with maybe like a little write up of what I experienced there. Um, but the for the most part, Rolling Acres, unless I get some other kind of information, uh, whether someone else comes forward and wants to talk about it, um, is kind of put to bed. So Rolling Acres, we hardly news you, but we're moving on from you. Um, although I think it's good enough to be part of the context of the things that are going on in the Alcala Forest for whether it's the next book or just kind of that area in general's weirdness. Um, I have no good transition between those two things whatsoever. So I'm just going to get into um, the next part of the story and the bulk of what this episode is, um, which is the story of the bunny man and the story of bunny man bridge. So the weird thing that happened to me before I came on air is I dramatically pause while I sip my coffee. as I do before every episode. I went out to get some fresh air before I started, um, before I, I started the show, before I started the feed. <laughs> and right there in my yard were three rabbits. Right there, like as you walk out my slider, they were right there on the grass in my backyard. Now, if you are near Cape Coral, if you know Cape Coral at all, this is not unusual to have rabbits or bunnies in your yard. Like this place is filled with them. The morning time is like, remember that old video game Paperboy where you're like driving down, you got dodge this, you got dodge this. There's so much construction near my house that just getting onto the main street and getting like my kids to school is an adventure every day. This is made more difficult by the fact that there are, I have to dodge at least three rabbits in this neighborhood trying to get from point A to point B. So that's not unusual. Also not unusual for them to be in my backyard, which is why my dog Champ is not allowed to be set free in my backyard um, at nighttime or like early, early in the morning because he chases them. And he's found ways, he's broken holes. He's like the Raptors in Jurassic Park. He's found, he's broken enough holes in that fence that he, he's off. And once he's off, you're not getting him back. That's not unusual to have them in my yard. However, what is unusual is the three rabbits, bunnies, were right like on, as soon as the grass starts after the cement. And they were all just kind of staring at me. And I'm like, Get out of here! Get out of here! And they just stayed there. Till finally I had to throw something at them because I was getting a little bit freaked out. But it was almost like three rabbits all trying to tell me something. Who knows? But so I was like, oh my word! Hashtag follow the signs. Like I'm doing the episode. And there you go. Um, <laughs> this has been kind of a convergence. Um, if you followed our trip last weekend, I did a tripping on legends last week where I um, went to the Amish, the Haunted Amish Bridge, or the Ghost Bridge, the Amish Ghost Bridge in Sarasota. Uh, I did Tripping on Legends with kids. I went with Ella and one of her friends, and we had a really good time, and it's a really great story, which um, me and one of my fellow legend trippers has, we've already recorded the episode about it, and it'll be out next week. So this idea of haunted bridges was in my head already. And I really wanted to find a famous case that connected with bridges. And of course the answer was right there the entire time because even before I officially started doing this. So this is when I was, I guess at the beginning of me being a legend tripper back in the, like, the late 90s, I became fascinated with this idea of the bunny man bridge this is probably i actually do have it in my notes so um i believe it premiered in 2000 2001 um this and this is really two <laughs> two media things that had a huge influence on me around that time the first was the scariest places on earth 
I don't know if any of you guys are fans of the Scariest Places on Earth, but I still to this day think of it as one of the best paranormal television shows. I think of Scariest Places on Earth as like the candy version of like In Search of and Unsolved Mysteries, right? It was more sizzle than it was steak. Um, and it was more fantastical and often involved um, these people who were, some of the episodes involved people who were like families and they'd go and they'd force them to go into these places. Um, but to me, there's like this Mount Everest of paranormal television, paranormal reality television in the early days. And it would be like In Search Of, obviously, um, Sightings, which I thought was a great television show. Um, unsolved Mysteries. And then in the background was The Scariest Places on Earth. And I loved it. If I'm not mistaken, the way that they did it <clears throat> was... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That they um, only ran specials on Halloween until it, and then eventually became like a regular show, but they would do Halloween specials. Um, just hold that in your hand right here. Then there was another show. And I can see we have people that are watching. So if you remember this show, I want you to sound off in, in the room. There was a show called The Others. And I'm placing this TV show in 1999, 2000. I wish I had IMDb'd it um, when I started. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go into IMDb after this, and I'm going to put this information in. But it was a show called The Others. I don't know if no one else seems to remember this TV show except for me. But it had some, real, some people who went on to do bigger and better things. But the premise of this show was on this college campus, uh, it was kind of focused on a college campus, there were all of these people who had special abilities. And their special abilities... Um, that like one was a psychic, one was an empath, one had like weird dreams, one guy was blind, so he could, but he could see things that weren't there. It was, they were essentially um, paranormal case a week, like paranormal monster a week that they were fighting. Great show, great show. Gabriel Mock was, was one of the big stars, one of the people who became a big star afterwards. In this show, there was an overarching storyline, which I don't think they ever resolved because the show got canceled. If that show came out now, I think it would be a hit, right? Or if they did something like it, like they covered Flight 401, which is one of my favorite cases, if you know me. Um, one of the overarching storylines was that there was something dark and evil um, in this overpass near the college. And... What it was leading up to was that this group of people would eventually have to confront the evil and, and defeat the evil that was in this bridge. And that maybe the increase of paranormal activity that these people were forced to fight every week was the cause of this or, or was being caused by whatever evil force was in this bridge. And when I say bridge, we normally think of a bridge as being over something, right? But this is, this was an overpass bridge. So the bridge was on the top. This was underneath the bridge. They had to have gotten some of the elements of that story from the Bunny Man Bridge case. So right around the time that that was on, right, and that was showing that, and I was totally amazed. I was totally drawn into this idea that people would, no one ever walked under the bridge because if you walked under the bridge, you would start hearing ghosts. You would start hearing monsters. Something would attack you. Uh, dead bodies were being found under the bridge. All this cool stuff. And it was all happening like in that overpass, which I guess is really an underpass. Um, and 
it totally sparked something in my imagination. So coming off of that Halloween time 2001, Scariest Places on Earth does an episode that specifically focuses on the Bunny Man Bridge. If you have not heard this story, it's pretty amazing in that um, there are some elements of this story that are really specific. So normally when you have an urban legend, the details of it are scattered or their um, names are, are not given, locations are not given, times are not given, right? The weird thing about this is that um, <laughs> very specific dates are given. I shouldn't say very specific, but specific dates are given. Um, names are said, specific actions are given. And so it doesn't really have this idea of a friend once told me that this happened to their mother's best friend. Or, well, I was talking about this and it actually is one of those situations where the details are so specific or specific enough that you feel that it has to be true. Um, and the other weird part about this is, is that it, 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 so if you know anything about urban legends, true urban legends, and there's, and there's some confusion over what that actually means. An urban legend is something that appears almost simultaneously in multiple places um, and then seems to take on a life of its own and the details of each different location are mixed and so you have it in your town i have it in my town when we go back to try to figure out where it started you can't and then you find out that the stories themselves through word of mouth through one initial source that then gets copied and pasted all these different places it explodes and kind of spreads that way Unlike that, this story that I'm going to tell you tonight begins um, in Clifton, Virginia, which is in Fairfax County. See me looking sideways. And spreads outwards from that location. So in that case, or that for, for that reason, it's unique in terms of some urban legends. What you then see is other elements of the story making their way to other parts of the country, which have similar physical locations, as well as every unexplained thing whatsoever um, being attributed to Bunny Man. And it's kind of like the Puck Wedgie, right? Once a Puck Wedgie is in an area, everything that goes wrong is the Puck Wedgie's fault. It's kind of like this, like, Oh, the bunny man did this and the bunny man did this. Or you know what that was? It's the bunny man. And the other interesting element of it is, is that it, it doesn't seem to be um, a warning, right? So like a lot of these urban legends like this are a warning to stay out of the area. If you want to go on a legend trip, <sighs> the bunny man bridge seems like it is one of the scariest you could possibly do. Right. And there are so many different elements of the story that you could mirror to try to get the bunny man to appear and all, and all this good stuff. Except for the fact that most of these places. And I actually experienced this when I was in Lady Lake because I was like, if I were here, I would be I would be calling from the woods. <laughs> the place is so famous that it's pretty heavily guarded in the month of October you are much more likely to see a police officer there than you are to see a mass murderer or an escaped insane asylum person, whatever you think of. Um, so it, it, it's one of those places where I'm not even sure the story began as a warning to people, but it definitely hasn't continued to exist as a warning. Um, this seems as if it's one of the creepiest, but actually one of the safest legend trips you can go on because there's always someone there that's doing exactly what you're doing. Um, and there is always seems to be a police presence there. They know about this place. It is one of the, you know, you have these uh, haunted icons, you know, these places that people want to go, the Winchester uh, house and Lizzie Borden. And, and my, my daughter was watching 
uh, BuzzFeed's Scariest Places or whatever it's called. And she was like making the list of places she wanted to go. And she's like, yep, I want to go to Waverly Hills. I want to go to this place. There are then some of these little spots that pop up that are not, you can't pay to see them. You can't pay and go and they're not commercialized, but they're famous enough that they are a tourist attraction. And it's funny because I did um, come up with one, one, of the, one of the articles that I was reading actually talked about how Bunny Man Bridge has increased the, um, the, the commercial um, climate of the place because so many people go there to look at it. So let's get into the legend. And I'm going to give you the most um, straightforward version of it, which is usually what I do. And then I'll give you kind of some of the offshoots. So the strongest story goes that in 1904, <clears throat> an insane asylum um, was closed down in Fairfax County, Virginia. The name of the asylum I don't think is ever given. I've never, I've never seen the name of the asylum that was closing. However, what they always do tell you is that it is being transferred. Their prisoners are being transferred um, to, uh, 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 and actually I don't have it here, um, but a very something with a T. It's like Trollson or Tolson um, Prison, which is a prison that does exist. Some of the story says that just during the transfer, prisoners escaped. Others say that there was a bad car accident, and some of the some of the some of the um, criminally insane people who were on the bus. This is like Con Air. Some of the criminal people who were on the bus uh, escaped due to the accident. Some say it was like a, a, a they just escaped like during the transfer itself. Everyone was rounded up except for two people who are always identified by name as Douglas Griffin and Marcus Walster. So these two make it out even after everyone else is kind of rounded up and, and caught and, and put back into the prison. They are then hunted down. So the people, the, the, the marshals and all that stuff, they track them and they eventually find that these people are um, living in the woods and that they are eating bunnies to survive. And so they're finding a trail of mutilated bunnies uh, all in the woods that are leading from where this escape happened, where the accident happened, and they associate it with, with Douglas and Marcus, and which I think is kind of weird because why are they eating that many rabbits? Like how many rabbits do you need to survive? Like are you really gonna mutilate so that there's enough for like a trail of dead rabbits that you've eat, half eaten? Um, so they follow this path to, uh, the Colster, Colchester, and I'm from Massachusetts, so it's probably Colsta, um, overpass, which is, uh, this part of the Southern Railroad where it goes over this area. Um, and they find Walster hanging, uh, dead, uh, mutilated and, and, and hanging from the bridge itself. And the <laughs> um, the, the the note that is attached to, uh, to, to to Marcus says, "You'll never find me, no matter how hard you try." The Bunny Man. Um, and Griffin disappears into lore. He's never found ever again. Now, the story kind of changes from there. Some people say that um, Griffin dies and that the activity that is going on is his ghost. Some say that he's never been caught uh, or never died and that this is actually him still kind of as an old man doing the things that he's doing. And some of them are mixed, right? Some say he did it for years, then he died, and now his ghost is doing it. Um, there's one slight variation on this, which is, and this is where what its connection to the goat man was, which is that um, the amount of killing that has been done and associated with the bunny man um, 
actually has caused demons and maybe even a cult to be active on that site and the massacres and the dead bodies and the dead rabbits that have continued on through the decades are actually the work of one of those elements too. There's a small and yet very vocal presence on the internet that kind of goes with that theory. Since then, um, the story is, is that people have been killed on that site. So if you go to the Buddy Man Bridge um, at midnight, and midnight is almost always the time given. Sometimes it says you have to go on Halloween. Sometimes it says it's any time during the year. Halloween is the most frequent time for the Bunny Man to try to kill you. Um, if you go to the to the the Bunny Man Bridge at midnight, you will hear him. You will hear uh, footsteps chasing you in the underpass. You will um, be caught and killed. Um, that they will find you hanging from the entrance uh, in the morning. But if that doesn't happen, at the very least, you will see. And I remember one specific uh, story that this team did. Uh, and I think pretty much this story has been on every single paranormal television show, but I haven't watched any of them except for Scariest Places on Earth. That people, it said that if you go to the middle of the bridge, so the middle of the underpass, and then you look on either side, right? Like so if you go in, you shut off the lights, you start walking out. Uh, on either of the sides, you will see the figure of Marcus uh, swaying in the entrance. Um, one of the interesting things that's uh, connected to this, and there has been no proof that this has ever happened, but it's at least stuck, is that there was a teen, a local teen, who... Um, became obsessed with the Bunny Man Bridge. He killed his family one night. <clears throat> he went to the bridge. He became obsessed. He was hearing voices. Went, killed his family, and then hung them from the bridge as a sacrifice. Very much uh, in the in the vein of uh, Slender Man and having to put a sacrifice so that you can join your. Uh, join your urban legend and live with them forever and ever. Um, I, I haven't been able to find anything about that. Now, there is a really interesting paper. So I, I'm jumping around a little bit. But there's a really interesting article because um, this man, Brian Connolly, uh, who is uh, uh, an archivist and historian at the Fairfax County Library, he has been forced to become the expert on Bunny Man. And so he actually has written an entire paper exploring things and talking about uh, maybe how the Bunny Man came about and dispelling a lot of the rumors. This is essentially, uh, and I guess it's a good thing, a librarian who was asked so many times to, um, to back up this legend that he started to look into it himself, right? So many people were annoying him, asking him the question that he went out and he wrote this paper. Um, and he compiled kind of all this information about it. He does not even reference um, the, the young teen who, who killed his family. Um, where does this story come from? And it continues to be really popular today, right? Like people take variations on this. People are still, I'm pretty sure that there's a, a Bunny Man Massacre movie um, that I was trying to get a, a hold on, but I really couldn't get anything solid about it because it, it, this, when you try to research this, it hits so many different things that all of a sudden you're like down this path, down this rabbit hole, then you're down this rabbit hole. And so I never came back to the movie. Um, I can tell you a few things about the background story. Um, number one, so the story, and I'll get into it a little bit later, um, seems to have been, seems to have caught on in the 1970s. Specifically, people give the date of 1970, and there are some very real reasons why that date is given. However, um, there was no prison, the prison that's referenced in the story, that prison wasn't built until 1910. So remember, the story is supposed to take place in 1904. 
there was no prison that these people were being transferred. That prison didn't exist until 1910, so not until six years after. The overpass uh, that Marcus Walster was supposedly hung from, the overpass that is the Bunny Man Bridge, was not built until 1906, right? So none of the things that they talk about having existed in that area um, are at all in existence when the story actually is supposed to have taken place. Now, facts like that, they just get in the way because maybe the people were being transferred in 1914. Maybe it was 1924 and that because it's so long ago. But essentially, when you hear those kinds of things, you start to say, maybe this isn't something real. Um, but in 1970, there were several crimes um, that specifically um, focused on the, the bunny man. So uh, in October, on October 19th, cadet Robert Bennett, <clears throat> this story is sketchy as hell. Like, I think there's some details of this story that are not quite what they say they are. Burke and his girlfriend were parked um, on, on Burke Road, which is nearby, I guess, where the, the Bunny Man Bridge is. They were parked on that road. They were, according to the reports, checking on an uncle, but they were across the street. I don't know. You have to read the details of the story because they don't make sense to me. It's like, can we just say they were having sex? Can we just say they were making out on this road? Whatever, whatever. He's a cadet, uh, and so we have to treat him with respect, whatever. Um, so he is uh, – they are on there when they see something kind of circling the car. A few moments later, the window is smashed. The rear, the rear window is smashed. And they both look out and they see someone who appears to be in a costume. So they report it differently, slightly differently, because Bennett says totally it was a guy who was dressed up as a bunny. His, uh, the woman he was with, his girlfriend, says that it was just someone in a gray suit. Um, whatever it is, the window is smashed and um, they, they hightail it out of there. Now, and they look back. And in the backseat of the car, where the window is smashed, is a hatchet. This really happened. Like, this was really reported. So this isn't part of the legend. This is, like, an official thing. It was reported. It's documented. It's in the crime logs. Although it seems a lot like the hook story to me, right? Two people, no, 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 they take off, then they find the hook, and then the, I don't know whether the hatchet is a penis in this situation, the way the hook is, but it's very similar to that urban legend. Um, but then 10 days later... Um, Near that first sighting, the police are called to a the front porch of a somewhat built. It's like it's it's in the process of being built house, and on in on the um uh, um on the porch is a guy who's dressed up as a bunny. He's wearing a bunny costume, and he threatens them. He's like, "You're trespassing on my land. If you come any closer, I'm gonna chop your head off." Um. And the people who report it, like, run away. Um, and I believe the police are also given that. But it never says what happens to it afterwards. Locals told of, on this road, there used to be a guy who was kind of crazy. Um, and this was, like, a, I mean, truish part of the story. There was a guy on there that was crazy and that, like, he would always be yelling at people who went on his property and was, like, would get violent towards them. Um, and that maybe this was like a relative of his because the guy was younger. He always is reported as being between 20 and 30 and stuff like that. Um, and nothing is ever, this guy is never caught. There's no one that, that, that ever actually does anything having to do with this. Just these two reports, these two attacks are just reported. However, they appear in the Washington Post. In the next month, I believe it is, in the next month, there are over 60 reports of a guy in a bunny suit. So it's kind of like the whole, um, if you remember a few years ago, people were seeing clowns everywhere. It's kind of like that. This is a suburb in a lot of ways of Washington, D.C. People were seeing people dressed as bunnies with machetes, with chainsaws, with knives all throughout this area. Um, for the next like two months. 
so leading into Christmas time, um, to the point that it just became, you know, a, this thing where everyone knew that there was a bunny man in that area. You add that to the creepiness of the bridge itself um, and the weirdness of it, and a story starts to develop. Um, there have also been several murders in the area that have that are really not um, unsolved, and yet they seem to be attached to this. Um, one was in 1949 when Frances Holder and her baby were killed by the husband, and it was a while before they found out who the husband was, but they were brutally murdered, like, in their house. Um, another one involves a mother and her two children, and someone broke into the house and killed them uh, and tried to kill all three of them. Minnie lived, and she described the man, uh, and they eventually caught him. But once again, there was, like, a long stretch. Um, and these are not, like, in the town of Clifton. They're just nearby. Uh, and the next one was a 14-year-old girl, and here's kind of where the connection starts, who was hung uh, and assaulted. Now, in this case, in the all three of these cases, people were eventually, like, legitimate people were found to be guilty of these crimes. They were tracked down. I think the, the, the Eva Roy, that's the one that happened in 1918, the 14-year-old girl, I think her case lasted the longest, but I'm pretty sure they found kind of who had done that. Um, but these are not necessarily... If you take any place, they have it has a violent history. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And yet, for some reason, these attacks are often mentioned in connection with the Bunny Man. Now, if you go to the Bunny Man Bridge, one of the things that he may choose to do is to kill you and stuff you with carrots. Now, I found this to be a really interesting um, twist on the story because it seems to be one of those silly elements of it that are added to it that are kind of like, hee -hee, but has really great gained traction. That if you go there, and especially so many of the reports say you go there and you say Bunny Man three times and he'll appear, uh, and he'll appear and kill you and, or chase you and all these kinds of things. This carrot thing, it's really interesting because you think that it's just this cute little element of the story because just because they're bunnies doesn't mean there's carrots nearby, right? Like, especially enough carrots to fill an entire person. But this element of the story hits, and it seems to be fairly recent that these carrot reports happen, and then goes backwards to the point that they say Marcus was found stuffed with carrots. So there are some stories that actually talk about Marcus having been, when he was killed, stuffed with carrots and put in there. And I'm pretty sure that the carrot element of it is something from movies or, or media that has been attached to it. Um, maybe the Bunny Man Massacre movie featured carrots um, that has then been kind of like linked to the actual legend. Um, what does all of this mean? Like, that's the kind of interesting part of that. Um, what does, why does this legend hold so much weight? Why does it capture our imagination? Um, there was a study in 1973 from the University of Maryland by Patricia Johnson. Which, oddly enough, I have Patricia Johnson actually is, I'm sure it's a different person, but the person who gave me a lot of the information about the Oviedo Lights. Um, and it's just entitled The Bunny Man. And she conducted years worth of research. She interviewed 33 students um, from uh, Prince George's County, Maryland, uh, and asked them about the story. And she officially marked it an urban legend in that it takes place in an urban setting. It existed prior to her project, and it appeared in print as true. 
including the one from the Washington Post. I am getting a call right now, so let's see if this call is actually. Hello? 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 All right, thank you very much. Was that the actual bunny man speaking? amazing i love that um i'm not quite sure that was the bunny man but that was our i guess an interesting segue of like talk about the story talk about what it means thank you very much for calling tampa um it's interesting that um it did sound like native american stuff I'm like maybe someone was latching on to the whole seminal war stuff from the beginning part um it's interesting how it said it had appeared in print because the story as it appeared in print was not the story of the two escaped convicts, but it was the story of um, these reported sightings. And so it's interesting that it's being marked an urban legend and being a sound urban legend based on the fact that people are seeing a bunny, but that's a bunny man, but that's not the story that people are hearing now. I just thought that was an interesting aspect of it. My question is this. You can hardly find, and, and the, the, like I said, I found this because I was looking into the story of the Amish Bridge, the, the Haunted Amish Bridge. That story, when we went to go see it, um, was not very well known to the people who live near the bridge. So I get into this more in the episode, but we talked to at least a dozen people in that area and of the dozen people we talked to, no one had heard the specific story that we were looking into, the specific legend we were looking into. However, some people had reported that there might be a ghost there, that they had heard a ghost story, but it was not that, and they really couldn't remember it. And then there is one story that I still need to follow up on of someone who says they um, actually physically saw a ghost there, and they wanted to tell their story. But it's a pretty localized, it's a pretty localized legend. And it's a Romeo and Juliet type of story. But this kind of urban legend, this kind of story, is seen in every state. Like if you just search the basic elements of this story, you're gonna find that a bunny man type bridge, whether it's an overpass. I mean, we've done what four, I think, uh, not even including the Amish, we've done four bridge urban legends just in tripping on legends. And yet all of them are known just in that community. Why has this one captured the imagination of the country the way that it has? Why is Bunny Man Bridge being featured on every website as one of the most haunted places in America? Why does it get the press that it gets when other ones don't? When something like the Amish Bridge is virtually unheard of. I mean, they did a TV show called Amish Haunted and they didn't do the bridge, right? Um, what elements of it were fantastical enough or universal enough to connect to people to the point that it becomes an internet sensation, it becomes a media sensation. Um, and so that's kind of what I've been rolling around in my head all day. Um, after I've done kind of the research of it, you know, I like to sit back and I like to ferment about what these all, what this stuff kind of means. 
and try to come up with, you know, the answer to this, which it's really hard to do after the fact, right? There are some legends which we can, um, we can track kind of in real time, right? We can see it becoming popular and then it's, it's, it's once that we can observe like how it spreads and things like that. Buddy Man Bridge has been popular since the 70s. So there's a 30 year span between when it kind of first gains traction and these weird sightings of people who are dressed up like a bunny get kind of a backstory to them, get published in a major American paper and then gets picked up by all the minor papers around. All these things are happening. People are seeing it everywhere. And there's, a, it, there's enough of an ignition that it, it, it stays. But for 30 years, it, it exists, it, it mutate, mutates, it develops, and then gets kind of put on television. But all that weird stuff doesn't happen to other locations like this. All of that kind of building of popularity, yes, so it's easy to say this legend captures the imagination because it was featured on television. But something had to get it on television in the first place, right? So all this stuff, for example, about the Bridgewater Triangle, people keep trying to get the Bridgewater Triangle on television, but it's already got this reputation that other places don't have. You know what I'm saying? It already has this kind of buildup to it. So if it ever does really get on television, catch, then you can always go back and say, well, yeah, well, everyone knew about it anyway, or all these other people knew about it anyway. Bunny Man Bridge, I think it, it almost is like a kaleidoscope of everything that we fear, right? Um, lonely Road, check. Escape, prisoner, check. Still living in the woods, check. Bridges, check. If you've ever walked under one of those types of bridges, if you've ever walked under an underpass, whether it's urban, First of all, I think the I think it being an urban legend because it takes place in an urban setting. This place ain't urban, but if you've ever and you gotta have to look at pictures of it. It's not long. It's just an. If you've ever been under something like that, there's this cave feel to it, right? There's this element where you are um, going from reality. You're going from normality. You're going from what is average. At the outside part and for a slight moment you are entering a cave right and we can talk all about freud what freud says about tunnels and all that kind of stuff once you've entered you're kind of in a different world and anyone who's gone under that kind of bridge even during the day you expect something to happen and your mind starts to think like um what if something appears right in front of me right what if something boom appears right in front of me what if something comes out of the dark sides of it what if it so it automatically has this fear factor to it and it is a road right um check so you've got the really, really scary location. Um, the bunny part, I think, is what does it, right? So, I mean, if you look at this, you hold this up against all the other cases like this, and I can go get my comic book, The Big Book of Urban Legends. There's a whole section in there just about escapism. It's the bunny, right? The bunny is what hooked it. I could have said, tonight we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to talk about the, the haunted bridge. Right, the insane aside, the insane, the, the bridge of the insane, and you got to go. Oh yeah, it's kind of interesting. I wonder how many people who are going to listen to this have heard of the Bunny Man legend before. If you haven't, you're drawn in by that element of it, right? Because we have, and and once again, this is I think this is chicken and the egg kind of thing. We've got Danny Darko, right? We've got the 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 clown sightings. We've got. Um, creepy costumes we've got all this stuff which breeds this fear of dressed up people so if this in, if this was just a case of an insane person 
I think it would have stayed local. I think it would have stayed within that community. They would have been the ones to, to spread it. It would have appeared in, in weird Virginia, all that kind of stuff. But the fact that it is connected to these real events where some random person was wearing a bunny suit makes it stick with us. It's its hook, right? So what makes something become bigger than it than the thing next to it? It's got a hook. It's got an entry into it. It's got something about it. If you take it and you make it not a clown, but you make it something else, if you make it just a serial killer, then it's probably just a really good Stephen King story. It doesn't explode the way it does because it doesn't tap into it. Everyone has a creepy ass picture of the Easter bunny uh, of you as a kid with the Easter bunny. And it might've only been one time, but there was some point where you were take, you got a creepy picture with an Easter bunny somewhere in some mall in America, um, at least one. Right. And if not, they at least existed, right? Like you've seen it. Like the Easter bunny is one of those weird holiday things where a, 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 a five, six, six and a half foot tall bunny should scare the crap out of you, right? I mean, there's not anything normal about that. There, a clown, for all its scariness, is a normal thing. We've all seen clowns. We've seen clowns in real life, and hopefully you haven't seen one with an ax. But a friggin' bunny that's that big, that would scare anyone right now. If it's not Easter, and even in Easter, it's, it's creepy. If you were to see someone dressed up as a bunny, it would immediately freak the sh shoes off of you, right? It is abnormal within the within the within the the unknown within the paranormal, which in the within the unnormal, it is the unnormal within the unnormal. So to actually have a story which is connected to something real, which has it, that explodes your imagination. That's what makes it kind of more popular than other things. There are so many variations of this story because of that. Um, like I said, there's the, there's the Bloody Mary slash Candyman aspect of saying it three times. There is the turning your lights on and off three times and it appears. Um, there is the you will be killed um, if you go there. There's the idea that the police need to protect you. Um, it's funny because several of the websites, um, I think that one of the questions I was asked, thank you, Casey, is does this kind of extend to Santa? If you split it right down the middle, I think that, um, half the people that I know were scared to death of Santa as little kids and half of them loved him. Right. Um, I remember my cousin <laughs> spoilers. I dressed up as Santa. I got the wait for it. My cousin was scared of Santa. And so my aunt had this great idea to make her not scared of Santa by showing her me getting into the Santa costume. Like, see, Cousin Chris is Santa, so you don't have to be scared. You know Cousin Chris. And unfortunately, it had the opposite effect where from that day to this day right now, that cousin hates me and is scared of me because, she, because she's got this like childhood trauma of seeing me as Santa. But I think it's the same kind of thing that if you were to see a Santa not during Christmas, you would immediately be scared, right? Now, imagine that that's Santa and it is... March 3rd, and you see this guy dressed as Santa in the woods. And I think there was something like this, if not last year, than the year before, in the springtime, of these weird Santas that were going around. You immediately think, this guy is looking to abduct kids. Um, so I do think if you take these childhood icons and you take them out of their context and you put them someplace else, they almost immediately become creepy. So I would, I would agree with that. Um, this story continues to grow. People are inspired by this when they commit crimes. So you see people who are taking on the persona of Bunny Man and doing bad things, which of course 
leads to this idea, especially like of that teen, remember the teen who killed his family, that there is something about the Bunnyman Bridge that causes you to go insane. Um, there have been different crimes and murders that have happened. So many of the websites that I went on to that were not news sites talked about and people are focusing on that and not the killer that's in this county that dresses up as a bunny, but there's no follow-up to that. So it's just, once again, people are taking it and, it and it emanates. Like I said, it's different from other urban legends in that it didn't pop up a whole bunch of different places. The, the urban legends emanate so that this is happening everywhere from, from, from Maryland to Virginia to West Virginia, even down into like North Carolina. There are stories like this. I would be interested if Craig Pace had like similar things like the Bunny Man Bridge in, in North Carolina. It's a story that continues to fascinate me and will continue to fascinate me. And I've actually got some feelers out to some of the people who are mentioned in the article. And I would love to have, especially this archivist who was forced to become an expert in it. Uh, I would love to have him on an episode of Tripping on Legends talking about this. Not sure if he does interviews, but his name appears everywhere in this story. Um, so, and there was also, uh, there's something similar to that with the Goatman too. So I'm trying to get in contact with her. I was actually trying to get her on to Spooky Southwest too. So I think she'd be a great guest for that. Um, I'm going to continue to look into this. I'm going to, I'm hoping that this will spark some people who will get in touch with me about variations that they've heard, or even a bunny man bridge story that takes place in their town. And of course, if those people want to get in contact, like I said, they can call the number at any time, 813-418-6822. It's not just during live shows, and it's not just for singing Native American songs randomly anymore. Um, but you can also contact me via email at spookytripping at gmail.com. Spookytripping is also the uh, my Instagram account. You can hit me up on the Twitter, which is um, Twitter is SpookyBalsano. Um, and of course, you can watch the live shows. Uh, you can get a lot of information. Our major dumping area for all of our information is the Facebook page, which is backslash tripping on legends. You can also actually go to uh, Facebook backslash this town is myth to follow up. We've got some interesting things coming up on that um, in the next couple of weeks, including um, including getting into one of the actual ghostly legends that does exist and is documented in a newspaper. Um, about that area. Listen to this podcast, Tripping on Legends. If you don't like to see my live face, it's fine. I come up with an audio version uh, for every episode as well. Um, you can find Tripping on Legends wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play. And of course, if you've heard the show, if you like the show, please review, please suggest it to someone else uh, because this show drives itself on the existence of legends. And so the more legends we get, the more legends we can actually go out and trip and talk about uh, what these might mean to all of us. So my name is Christopher Balzano. Thank you for listening in. And here's hoping that all of your trips, even if they're to overpasses where there are creepy bunnies, is legendary. Have a wonderful evening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.